is the People Pages podcast, where five librarians from Prince William County interview different people about books, reading, library, and whatever else comes up during the conversations. All right, my name is Diane Stinson. I am a librarian in Prince William County. Hi, everybody. I'm Rebecca James, and I am a librarian at Fredland Middle School. Hi, I'm Rita Lawler, and I am one of the librarians at Osborne Park High School. Hi, I'm Jackie Youngblood, and I am the librarian at Jenkins Elementary School. Hello, I am Jen Coleman. I am the other librarian at Osborne Park High School. All right, so that is our normal cast, but today we have a extra special guest considering our roles here in Prince William County. Um, we have with us Ms. Agee, who is the supervisor of library media programs and research in Prince William County. So she's joining us today um, to talk about books, library, and anything else that comes up. Thank you so much for having me here today. Thank you. All right, Ms. Agee, this is Jen. I'm going to go first. Like I said before, I am at the high school and we get a lot of students who come in who have no interest in reading. So what advice do you have for those students who genuinely just do not enjoy reading? Yes. So I think one of the most important things, and as librarians, we do this so well, we get to know people and we get to listen to them. You know, I read an article in the New York Times and it was entitled, How to Be a Better Listener. And it was by Adam Bryant. And some of the ideas as a broad summary, you know, he talked about, you have to be in the moment. We have to lean into the conversation. And I know this is hard for us, but really not coming to the table with an agenda, just really listening to the other person because it's so easy to just, when our patrons come in and just want to be able to say, you know, yes, I got this, you know, really great book that I enjoyed reading, listening to, but for others, like you say, who just say that they don't like to read, that may or may not be the hook for them. So I think once we get to know um, our patrons, our customers, what they're about, it's going to come to the surface of what it is that they enjoy. And I think just very organically after that, then the conversations can begin to bubble once you discover what that person's interest is. So that's my answer. When we get to know them, then we can really give that good recommendation. It probably won't be on the first visit. We really have to get to know them and meet them where they are. That's my story and I'm sticking to it. Thank you. I think that's a great answer because I think that's true that, I mean, all of our libraries, if you think about it, they're places that people just like to come and they might not come in necessarily because they want to get a book. They might come in for I mean, really a million different reasons. And then once they have that connection to us, we can actually find something for them. For sure. What book was it that got you interested into reading? This is I'm really so excited and I am always very happy um, to share this, but let me look at my audience here. Okay, so I'm going to give you all a couple of hints and you're going to guess the book. Okay, um, 
and this is outside of required reading or anything like that in school, okay? So let me just tell you that. But I'm going to give you some really good clues. It was a biography, and it was uh, about a female. Are they still living? Yes. Okay. That's a good one. Good question. You know how to play the game, Miss Youngblood. Yes. I know it's not Jacqueline Kennedy then. <laughs> That's a good guess, but no, nope, not, not, nope, nope. Do you want another clue? Yeah. Yes, please. Um, the person was born, Miss Youngblood, to help you here, in the 1930s and was an entertainer. In the 1930s, it was an entertainer. Lucille Ball? No. She, no she's not alive. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was she an activist? <laughs> In a way, probably not in a traditional sense that people may think of. 30. I'm going to narrow that age down for you. So she's currently 88. And she's still alive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Biography, entertainer. Mm -hmm. Was she in movies? Yeah. <laughs> so singer or a musician both good one good one miss Denson. so okay here's the final clue and then i'll give it to you uh, you get you guys are going to definitely get it i know you're going to get it after this okay she was married at the age of 13 and she was a grandmother by the age of 29 well it's not dolly parton no Keep She's going. Her cousin? Keep going. Yeah, well, Jerry Lee Lewis's wife? Didn't she marry? No. And she's 88? Oh, I'm just messing with you guys. It was Loretta <laughs> Lynn, coal miner's daughter. Oh, <laughs> yes. Oh. I don't know why I didn't think of that one. We just watched the biography on, there was a documentary, like a biography that had her in it recently that we watched. That oh. book. It just was intense for me. And I read that book. Hmm, should I say that? Sure, why not? I was 18 when I read um, that particular book by her. But that was the book that made me join. You guys probably don't remember this, but it made me join. Um, have you, do you ever remember hearing people talk about Double Day Book Club? Is it Double Day? Mm -hmm. It's a book club. Yeah. <laughs> and magazines and you could... Um, sign up and like you got your first six books for like 99 cents or something and then every month they brought you are you do you you remember that okay yeah 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 and then you got all of these books but um that is what what started me though but it was Loretta Lynn's coal miner's daughter that's that's a good one it's a good one who um so you got it from the double day so it wasn't somebody who recommended it to you no, actually, someone recommended it. And then from there, they told me that they got it from the Double Day Book Club. Mm -hmm. And I was like, sign me up. And that goes right into our next question. Mm -hmm. What book are you reading right now? Oh, my goodness. So I just finished Stamped, Racism, okay. Anti-Racism, and uh, the Remix. So that was good and then I mean currently right now grown by Tiffany Jackson mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. have you read it I'm, I'm just there I'm just probably not even five chapters in so that's my obviously my YA for my young people here oh can you see that owls owls 
National Geographic for Kids, actually a good tie-in. They just had it down here at a nature preserve and owl program the weekend. So I ended up with tons of owl books, but this was a really good one because it's a, a, a level one mm-hmm. a reader. So that one was good. And then um, for some of the programs that I did for um, Read Across America, I did this one. I don't know if you've seen this one. This is so cute about the constellation animals in the sky. And it talks to you, if you guys can see that and look, and then it opens up. So it's a flip. Cute. So that one's really good. And then Big Papa and the Time. So those are my, that's what I have going on right now. Uh, and professionally, I'm not done. I'm along with my group here with the School Librarians Technology Playbook, as well as Culturally Responsive Teaching by uh, Zaretta uh, Hammond. Do you read all those books at the same time? Um, well, I will share with you now, all of those, uh, my elementary, everybody books, I just finished all of those. And of course, with family around, can't help but get through all of those. The School Technology Playbook, like I said, I am reading that. I think we have four more chapters, maybe six to to go within that. And I think I have two more of culturally responsive teaching. So yes, together with that. And then everybody that knows me knows I'm a big audio person book. So I love my audio book. So I am definitely um, listening to Grown by Tiffany Jackson. And I read her, Monday's not coming. Oh my goodness. That one was a another good one. So when I saw her name, I'm like, oh yeah, that's a, that's a win right there. Do you keep any list of everything that you've read? I do not journal in terms of that. I know people that do, um, but that's what I love about my audio list because I do have, and it's nothing for me. I mean, I, I say not always knowing people and what they like to read, but I have been known to open my phone when I'm in the commissary or, or anything and just share. If they start talking about something, I'll be like, oh, flip. And so I'll pull up my phone. So that I love that having that there. That's great. Do any of you all journal? I do. I journal my reading more so for keeping track of what I've read, how many pages, a ranking. I write out goals for each calendar year for reading goals and what I want to achieve for that year and stuff. And then I also, I track it also on Goodreads, the app, so I can have a digital version just in case I lose my paper copy. I just take photos of my books. (laughs) Oh, that's a good idea actually. And then put them in like a little album Then you have the covers. I have a, a, a bookstagram account. So then I try to take photos and write like a short synopsis or whatever of what I read on Instagram. That's a good idea. Okay. So that will lead us to the last question is, are there any particular books that you always love sharing with students? So um, I'll have to say that when I was in middle school, there were just so many um, great books out there. I think I had areas that I directed them to more so, you know, more, more authors. And seriously, I could be at um, an area and just say, you know, go over here to this particular area. So anyway, but I I did that. But when I was in elementary school, because I had the nicety, the luxury of being able to read to students um, every day, of course, I did have some go-tos and that would be Christopher Paul Curtis, the Watsons go to Birmingham, and then Bridge to Terabithia. 
those are probably my go-tos when I was in elementary. But in middle school too, I will say Gary Schmidt. Oh my goodness. His books, remember? Yes. His books. Yes. Because they had such a great story, a powerful story, but not beat your head, you know, beat the students over the head with the message that he had. Did y'all ever read Trouble by him? Oh my goodness. You can run from trouble. You think you can. It's a, it's a great good one by him. Everything that man is, is golden. Ms. Agee, do you have any questions for us? Oh yes. I, I definitely want to know the first book that hooked you guys for reading. Because everyone's story, just quickly, just tell me what was the first book. Because some people don't have that. I mean, that really, True. but do you? I, I know I like to think it's probably the first book, but I was obsessed with the Laura Ingalls Wilder series when I was a kid to the point that my brother actually, I had the box set of all the books and he hid it from me because he was so upset with me constantly reading it and not playing with him that he hid the book so that I wouldn't keep reading them. (laughs) Wow. Too funny. Miss Coleman. Um, well, mine was kind of, I have a very large family and mine was kind of by default. It was, um, all Nancy Drew. So hand me down books, but that, that got me. So mysteries, is that still where you are today? Do you live there now? Give me a psychological thriller. Oh my gosh. Yes. That's my jam. Miss Lawler. Um, my mom used to read to me all the time. So mostly Mrs. Piggle Wiggle. But the first book I ever cried at was Gone with the Wind. That was where I had an emotional attachment to books that they could actually cause me to tear up. I just talked about Miss Piggle Wiggle with somebody last week and they had never heard of the series. Yeah. I was like, how could you not? Miss James? (sighs) Um, I'm trying to think now. So in elementary school, I blaze through all of the American girl stories. And then, you know, back then there was only like four main girls. And so we read all of them. But I want to say, thinking about like the first book, I have like a memory. It's like my first library memory. We had just moved to Virginia and my mother took me to Potomac Library on Opitz Boulevard. And she's like, we're going to get some library books. The first book she picked out was Strega Nona by Tommy DePaulo. And to this day, it is my favorite children's book, just because I have such an emotional connection to it, because that was what my mother picked. And when he passed away last year, I had told my mother, like, did you know he passed away? And I said, do you remember when you took me to the library when I was like five? And she's like, I remember. So it was kind of like we had like this connection with this book years later that we still talk about it. You know, I was fortunate. My mom... She knew that reading was important to kids. She didn't know much. She didn't know really what she was. I mean, she just had a high school education, but she had read everything and it said to read to kids, read to kids. So she took us to the library. One of my fondest books is The Snowy Day. I remember us reading that book and I remember us looking at all the details in the wallpaper and in his clothes and just taking the time to really read the pictures and so that one and Mike Mulligan's Steam Shovel, I don't know, that one came to life for me. But um, I didn't really like reading as a kid, though, like on my own um, going through school. I didn't like it until I got to college and somebody hooked me onto those Nicholas Sparks books. Oh, yeah. Loved every single one of them. I would never probably pick one up now. 
but um, it turned me on to reading on my own. Like I found a love for it for myself. Well, thank you all so much for sharing your reading. Yeah, thank you for joining us today. Happy reading.